want to say I wasn't mean, but I do feel like I may have been kind of a jerk in a way that like all teenage girls are kind of jerks. To whom? To everyone? Yeah. And like, I feel like some of my friends in high school, it was kind of like how uh, Katie describes Gretchen as like, it's better to be in the plastics hating life than be out of the plastics. Wait, so you would make people hate their lives? No, like I don't know that I actually really liked my friend group in high school. Oh. But I was like friends with them because they were there and it was nice to be in the group. It was pretty cool. Oh. Yeah, uh, but I feel like now as like a 35-year-old adult, I look back and I'm like, yeah, I could have been a nicer person. <laughs> I don't think I was ever like overtly like cruel to anybody, but I definitely wasn't as nice as I could have been. You weren't a Regina. You were just a bit of a Wieners. What's her name? Gretchen. Gretchen? Yeah. And I think it's partially because I was bullied really badly in junior high. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I had this like cool group of friends. So now you're like, that was my chance. Yeah. To, Vengeance like, is mine. I don't know. It, it's like you go really hard on the opposite side of the spectrum because you're all of a sudden not a loser. Were you mean in high school? Yeah, I was all right. <laughs> I think um, you could exa- you could probably guess exactly how mean I'd be. Sometimes I'd get caught up in like joking around and maybe I was uh, mean to someone every now and then because of it. And then I was like, eh, maybe that was too far. But it wasn't like malicious. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But yeah, I now I feel bad. I'm sorry if I was mean to you in high school. Me too. I'm <laughs> sorry if I was mean to everybody anytime. Ever. Ever. <laughs> So, well, that's a good intro. Why yeah. not? Uh, welcome, everyone, to another episode of I Love This, You Should Too. My name is Indy, not so bad, Randawa, <laughs> and with me is my lovely and no longer mean co-host, Samantha, no longer mean, Randawa. <laughs> I like how that's, that's my nickname, no longer mean. <laughs> you stopped bullying me, so that's nice. <laughs> I'm sorry for bullying you. <laughs> you are forgiven. So it's Wednesday when we're recording this. Are you You're not wearing pink. I have pink on my shirt. Oh, well, that's covered up, though. Oh. That wouldn't fly. Uh, no, you're right. My cup is pink. That also doesn't fly. Okay. Well, I guess I can't sit at the cool kids table today. No, no. You're sitting over here with me. <laughs> I am wearing purple pants, though. You are wearing purple <laughs> pants. You are somehow more plastics colored than I am. Today. Yeah, but they are your old pants. They are my old pants, yes. <laughs> Indy gets my cheer hand-me-downs. <laughs> I don't own a lot of cozy clothes. Yeah. I never was one to wear like sweatpants. And I stuff. converted you. So now I get yours. But let's get on with this episode. <laughs> We're just going to get into nonsense. So... Samantha, what are we doing today? Uh, Today we are talking about the 2004 hit high school comedy, Mean Girls. So this was your pick to start off our back to school suite? Yes. Why did you pick this? What was Mean Girls' place in your life? Um, I think I saw it when it came out um, and I would have been in like grade 10, probably the spring of grade 10. So I um, definitely saw it in theaters then. And I remember just like loving all the fashion in it um, because it's like not how we dressed as a Canadian high schooler. 
And I think it it was that like quintessential idea of like American high school, like that's that's kind of what it was, and it kind of seemed really great. <laughs> I, I feel like our American listeners are going to be like, oh yeah, in Canada they must just be wearing overalls all day long. <laughs> I think what you mean is it's it's a movie. It's a movie. In a in Illinois, I don't think that is uh, the fashion day to day there either. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like it just seemed like that stereotypical kind of like popular girls dress one way and non popular people dress another way, and it's like. Very very um, like obvious lines drawn in the sand. So your first big takeaway was the fashion. Yes. What else spoke to you? Um, I thought it was really, really funny. Um, I thought it was really, really well done. I thought it had um, like a great like kind of story to it. And um, after coming out of junior high, like I said, where I did not have a great time, um, the, the whole like, messaging on like bullying and stuff really kind of spoke to me um but you did see this and then become more of a bully than you'd ever had been true it didn't stick I was 16 (laughs) but I think I think that's a takeaway for a lot of people because I think this movie uh definitely has a a great message Mm -hmm. to it that's not what everyone takes away from it I'm learning yeah did you talk to people about it so I guess I should say yes. I uh, saw this not long after it came out. Uh-huh. I've only seen it once. Oh, okay. But it is uh, one of the most beloved films of people I know. Yes. Uh, maybe not my filmmaking type friends, uh-huh. but just people I know at work or I know just in the world. This movie is very, very well loved. And I uh, am terrified to say anything bad about it because it's also loved by people who love it passionately uh-huh. and are angry if you do not have the same passion, I've found. Oh. Which seems odd for a movie about, ultimately, about uh, acceptance and yeah. kindness. I don't know how much of the movie's lessons are uh, held close to the hearts of fans of the movie. And I feel like people have such different takeaways from this movie. Because you said the first thing that struck you was fashion, Mm -hmm. which that makes sense. That's something you're interested in. I find this movie is uh, similar to, there's a type of guy who loves some movies that I love, like Uh um, American Psycho. Right. Or uh, the Joker ones, which I don't love as much. Okay. People love those. Yeah. And there's people who maybe like me are a film nerd and appreciate all sorts of stuff about the satire of it. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who are like, yeah, that's cool. That's like me. And you're like, no, that's, that's, that's not, not what you should be taking away from this. And I find that there are a lot of Mean Girls fans like that. Mm-hmm. That they're like, oh, yeah, Regina is so great. It's like, she's the villain. She is a, <laughs> she's just a straight up villain. Yeah. So that always strikes me as odd. And then the quoting of this movie is so part of our lives. Mm -hmm. Like when I was um, a 13-year-old boy, I thought it was cool to quote Austin Powers and Simpsons. (laughs) And when you're a 13-year-old boy, you know what? You don't always have the coolest ideas. But it's very acceptable to be a 35-year-old woman and shout these quotes when it has no context or has nothing to do with anything. 
which is always odd to me. Like, what is it about this movie that makes it such a uh, rallying cry for people? Hmm. And I've been thinking about this probably way more than <laughs> I should. We're, well, I guess we're going to talk about this yeah. entire thing. But in the, the title of this of Do I Love It? Go Wait, do you love this movie? I do. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure. Okay. I think this is a very good movie. Yeah. So I don't want to come out on the, the negative side of it. It's a good movie. I'm not going to debate that part of it. But there are things keeping me from saying it's great or that I love it. Mm-hmm. It's problematic in ways. And maybe not just in the ways that you think I'm going to say. Like, you know how I hate when people just refer to Africa. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's not a city. It is not a country. No. It is a continent of... The world. 54 countries? Yeah. But we're not going to get into that yet. We probably will. This movie confuses me, and I don't know if it is a failing on my part, Mm -hmm. if it is a failing on the audience as a whole, and how this movie has been related to me through other people, because Mm -hmm. it's so big that it can't exist on its own anymore. No. I can't think of Mean Girls just in a vacuum. I'm going to try as hard as I can, but 90% of my Mean Girls experience is from other people, not mm-hmm. from me watching the movie because it's talked about so much. you've only seen it once. Twice now. Well, twice now. Well, three like, times now. Before yes. this, you'd only seen it once. Yeah. So most of my interactions about this movie are not firsthand at all, but it's from other people. Yeah. So I feel like that's maybe coloring it. And then I kind of forget where I was going with this, but I don't know where the problem lies. Mm-hmm. Is it me? Is it the world? Is it the movie? Because there's some sticking points in this movie that are keeping me from saying this is an amazing movie. And I wonder if it's so passionately loved because we get so few films that are led by a female cast that Mm -hmm. deal with this kind of subject matter in a... I don't want to say this is serious and grounded, but it's more grounded than a lot of things. And yeah. it's a more serious look, even though this is a, a funny comedy. It's a more serious look than a lot of movies would give the same subject matter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wonder if it's just because we are so underserved. That market is so underserved of women getting a movie about female relationships that's both serious and funny and is just a well-done movie, Mm -hmm. that something that is eh, good enough that we think this is the greatest thing ever because we don't get much of it. Right. I don't know what it is, but hopefully you can let me know. (laughs) You can tell me because I'm confused. Okay. Yeah, I definitely watching it now with like the podcast the critical podcast eye um there's some things that are problematic and a few things you know this was 2004 some things that didn't age well and um i can definitely say that within the last three months i've heard someone quote mean girls like unironically <laughs> yes that that's just what like, i mean like the you can't sit with us or um they are being... Stop trying to make fetch happen. They're being the mean girl. Yes. Unironically. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's such an odd thing. So I hope... Well, we'll just talk about like funny lines and stuff too. Yes, don't, don't worry. This absolutely. isn't going to be a completely serious We're going to get into those quotable lines. But is that a failing of that person mm-hmm. or of the movie? Or do I just have the intent of this movie wrong? And it is supposed to be just that. Yeah, I don't really have an answer for that yet. 
Well, let's break it down. Okay. Eventually. Perfect. Let's start at the beginning, though. Going into this movie, were you aware of the um, the filmmakers or the actors or anything like that? Um, oh, I guess you had already loved Lindsay Lohan. I already loved Lindsay Lohan. This is like peak Lindsay Lohan. So she's done a few things before this. She does a few more really great things after. And then she goes into her crisis phase. You could just tell me off the air, but what are the really great things she did after this? As we established in the Parent Trap episode, I'm not well-versed in Lindsay Lohan at all. But Parent Trap, she was fantastic. And if we're just going to get into that, she is fantastic in this as well. Yes, she, this is, like I said, this is, I think, the pinnacle of Lindsay Lohan. And she just does just such a great job. I think she's better when her hair is more red mm-hmm. <laughs> and her freckles are on full display. So I think she does start to do less popular films after Mean Girls. But I enjoyed her um, in Prairie Home Companion, um, Just My Luck, I Know Who Killed Me. I think I watched that. And was that, would you say that's a good movie? No. Okay. No, but like I'm saying, I've like actually she's seen that one. steadily going downhill right. from Mean Girls. But I think um, she was just incredible in this. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that the director of this movie also did Freaky Friday with her. The director of this movie, his brother wrote Heathers. Oh. Which I think... Again, I'm not saying bad things about this movie. This is good. I think Heather's is better of a a similar vein of movie. Yeah, that's funny that like two people in the same family would write movies that are kind of held to a similar Two very iconic mean girl based movies. Yeah. So I have only seen, uh, I saw Parent Trap because you Mm -hmm. got me to watch it a few months ago. Yes. Which I thought was a meh movie, but she was great. Yeah. Uh, this one, which I think is a good movie. And again, she was great. And then I've seen, you got me to watch that Christmas one. Falling for Christmas. Which I thought was like, honestly, brutal. And I thought (laughs) she was terrible. And I'm glad I got to watch this now to know like, oh, she was great. Mm -hmm. That uh, hype around her was earned because she was very good young. I don't know what happened through her life. That's not really something I know about as much. But that movie was was bad and she was bad. Yeah. And I've also seen I Know Who Killed Me, which was rough, and The Canyons, which was real rough, too. I don't think I've seen The Canyons. The director is a writer that I like, so I thought I'd check it out, and it's, mm, nope. Oh, okay. Yeah, I uh, definitely was a big, big Lindsay Lohan fan at this point. Um, This was probably the first movie I'd ever seen Rachel McAdams in, Um. I didn't really know who she was, and now I'm quite a big fan of hers. I think she's a very good actress. Amanda Seyfried, she was really good in this, too. I thought her portrayal of Karen was just, like, absolutely hilarious, still. And then for me, going into it, uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, I think, are two of my favorite comedic minds of the last, of, like, this generation. Mm -hmm. I love them very much, especially Tina Fey. And... I'm a very big 30 Rock fan. You haven't seen it yet, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of 30 Rock in this Is there? movie. And I didn't realize it because I think I saw this back before 30 Rock because right. this came out first. And I'm shocked that she doesn't have more scripts out there. 
Yeah. Because I can't think of another thing, a feature that she has written. Huh. And this is regarded as so many people say, like, oh, this is the best screenplay ever made. I disagree with that. But I think it is a good screenplay. And Tina Fey is brilliant in general. So I'm shocked that she doesn't have more stuff out there. As a writer, she acts so much more than she writes. Did you listen to her book? Listen to her? Oh. (laughs) Read her book? Read her book. No, no, I have not. (laughs) Um, Her autobiography is... Bossy Pants. Yeah. Yeah. Is like the most purchased book at airports. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Like so many people have bought it. Um, I read it. I listened to it. Um, It was hilarious. I think I will. It's a really interesting portrayal of her like coming up through SNL and like being a struggling actor because Tina Fey of today is um, like very, very successful. And I don't think anything about her is struggling now. But um, it was really interesting to kind of hear her uh, rise to fame, I guess. It's weird to say, let's get into it because we're almost half an hour in. (laughs) But so right off the beginning, we get these kind of cutaway jokes and it kind of sets you up of like, oh, this is someone who's coming from the world of sketch comedy. It set that up for me, at least. And it's wackier than I thought. Well, it's so grounded. It's it's a weird dichotomy, I guess is what I'm (laughs) saying. It seems grounded at certain points. And then it has these wacky cutaway things and those kind of not really dream sequences, but imagination sequences. And then you have voiceover. You have point of view shots. I'm not sure if it's a very varied movie or it's a disjointed movie. It didn't Mm. feel disjointed to me, but there were certain instances where it was maybe a little bit jarring, some of the directorial choices. Definitely, um, like the scene in the mall where they're uh, like animals at the watering hole. Mm -hmm. Like, I know they did it twice in the movie, It just seemed a little bit out of place, but I could kind of see where it was coming from because Katie was coming from the city of Africa. Right. (laughs) uh, Downtown Africa. And we know that all Africa is is watering holes and um, lions fighting each other. (laughs) That was one of them. But then I think that works because those sequences get less and less fantastic Mm -hmm. because first we have them behaving like literal animals and then it goes eventually so it's just her attacking Regina or whatever Mm -hmm. it is and you kind of see that progression of how that animal instinct is becoming a part of her maybe right so I it's it's tough some of it is disjointed perhaps but maybe I'm being too critical I don't know that one's tough um, I really liked the opening of this movie. I enjoyed the like little clips of like the homeschooled people. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that that was really funny when I first saw it and I, it, it holds up. Um, cause those are exactly what people think of when they think of like, oh, you're homeschooled your whole life. <laughs> so I know I think too much into things, but somebody has thought of this. The filmmakers have thought of it. Who is thinking that? Is that a real cutaway to homeschool kids in this movie world? Or is that what Lindsay Lohan or um, Katie is 
thinking about them and that's being projected. She's making the joke. I think Katie's making the joke. Okay. Because she's heard what like homeschool kids who don't grow up in Africa. Um, right. <laughs> I just like to say, I know that Africa is not a country or a city. But the movie does. But the movie doesn't. So I'm referring to it as the movie does. Um, but I think she kind of knows the stigma that homeschooled kids have and is saying like, but that's not me. I'm not weird. I'm normal. I'm normal. I came from a normal family. We just happen to live in the Africa. (laughs) Do you have a favorite character in this movie? I want to say Karen or Mrs. George, Amy Fuller. I think Amy Poehler's like few scenes that she gets are so funny. And um, the whole thing with like the boobs and like the nipple and the dog like chewing on her nipple and her not being able to feel it. I just thought that was just so funny. And I could hear like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler in my head being like, wouldn't it be funny if I just had like huge fake boobs and like Tina Fey being like, yeah, sure, let's do it. (laughs) Like I could totally see that conversation happening because like they're friends. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think Mrs. George and then Karen because she's like endearing in a lot of ways. Karen's definitely up there for (laughs) me. She's she's charming. She's charming. There's a charm to her vapidness Mm -hmm. vapidity yeah i don't know what word that would be and then i think so many of the characters i like will then be used against me of like well you didn't get the movie then (laughs) but the adults in this were hilarious yes tina fey was great i love her little deadpan throwaway at the end of a joke jokes yeah like that oh yeah your grandmother and i have that in common the delivery on some of those is is great. And she also is kind of the heart of the movie in a way. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I know it's Katie, of course, but yeah. she is a a guiding compass through a lot of this movie. Too. Yeah. In a like movie where the adults are pretty irresponsible as well. Right. A lot of them are. Um, one of my favorite Tina Fey jokes, just to like get off topic, is when in that same scene when she's at the mall and she notices the kids um, like at the register and she's like, oh, no, I'm just here with my boyfriend. Right. It's <laughs> like sometimes older people make jokes, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed that because that is exactly like how awkward it is to see your teacher just out in the real world. Mm hmm. I also thought Tim Meadows just Mm -hmm. killed it in the few lines that he had. I actually used to not be a Tim Meadows fan. I thought he was, um, that that was a time where I grew up watching Saturday Night Live. He was one of the guys. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, he's not one of the funny ones, though. And as he's aged, or perhaps as I've aged, he's great. He was hilarious in this. He has a lot of really funny lines. He does. And I know that you're not excited about any kind of Mean Girls reboot. But um, in the movie adaptation of the musical that's coming out, uh, Tina Fey and Tim Meadows are reprising their roles for this. So I'm really happy about that because I think that it would be hard to watch those characters as someone else. But it's going to be hard to see a different Katie. True. Very true. And then uh, Amy Poehler for me as well. And you know who else I thought was great? Kevin. Kevin G. Oh, Kevin G was great. He's hilarious. Is he still an actor? 
No, he is not. He has not done anything since. Oh, okay. I thought he did such a good job acting in this that he would have been going on to other things. But uh, Hollywood only employs a maximum of three brown people at a time. Oh. That's why I never got in. That's oh, the reason, I not for- my lack of talent. I forgot about that loophole. <laughs> I thought uh, they did a really great, like, nerdy but cool with him. And I think that that was... Uh, like a fun juxtaposition that he's like a DJ and a rapper, but also a mathlete. I think he is one of the very few people in this movie to not be a stereotype. Um, I liked Coach Carr as well for adults. Oh, really? His little like sex ed lines that you'll he get was pregnant t- and then you'll die. Yeah, yeah, those were funny, and um, I think totally unhelpful but are like a good reflection of what health class is like in the states i think you just like don't learn anything (laughs) (laughs) nothing real or of consequence it's uh, hard for me to pick the rapist as a favorite character true very true I'm not condoning that. No, I'm no, of course. I'm just saying that like those few those little like bits. clips where they're in this health class that they go to twice, I think, in the movie. Mm-hmm. He just has some great like little lines. Do you have any other favorite scenes? When Amy Poehler is trying to like hang out with them in Regina's room. The cool mom yeah. is such a good bit. And she had a lot of fun with that. And it she like nails it. Yeah. But also is... One of the broader, more over-the-top performances, Mm -hmm. but also it still got to those points of making it real because we know, you know a mom like that, right? Exactly, yeah. And one who's trying to be like hip with the kids and like, and you're really like, you're you're not going to be that person, I think. And I just like loved that she sits down she's like what's happening and what's going on you girls keep me young yeah exactly (laughs) and like brings in the drinks on the fancy like tray and stuff and I've totally met moms like that and I think it's like such a like hitting the nail on the head for that character because it's totally an experience that you would have um I also liked the Halloween montage where they're all getting ready for Halloween where Katie's explaining um like how the the hardcore girls just wear lingerie and some sort oh, of animal right. here. And you see um, Mrs. George and I, who we assume is Mr. George and Mr. George is just like crying. Oh yeah. Cause he's like, <laughs> that is my child. This is my 16 year old daughter. Um, and the mom is just like, yeah, good job. You look great. <laughs> Was that a thing in your high school? I definitely remember that as a university thing, but high school we were, mostly people were a little more tame. There was one who I was like, yeah, I remember that. I feel like, yeah, there was like a few people at my high school, but I went to like Vic, which is like an arts high school. So everyone went really hard on like the like artisticness of their costumes. And I think it was just like not a sexy thing. It was like a way to show how creative you were. That's more fun. Yeah. So like a friend of mine buried all of his clothing in the backyard for a month. That's excessive. There's yeah. easier ways to do this. Oh, thing. 100%. 100%. <laughs> but he just like put in the work to do it. I don't think I ever did like a super sexy Halloween costume before I was like out of high school. I was like a fairy one year and I had like a cute black dress, but I think that was as like sexy as I got. 
Did you ever have a sexy Halloween costume in high school? Well, last year I had a pretty short skirt. You did. You but did. I don't know if that was a sexy short. It wasn't <laughs> that short. It was pretty great. I was Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. So we talked about a few of our favorite characters. We talked about Lindsay Lohan, but not Katie as much. Yeah. How'd you like Katie? Um, I thought she was kind of a good representation of a teenage girl who's like very out of her element. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I enjoyed her portrayal of kind of getting swept up in the glamour of the plastics and how easy it is to just be like, oh, yeah, this is my life now. I think... Upon a second viewing, that stood out to me more. Because I agree with you, she's a, a very good way in, both as the like fish out of water, mm-hmm. but then also for the audience being put in this world. Because uh, although I'm sure the target audience was teenage girls, yeah. but you're not in this particular world, or for everyone who's not a, a teenage girl, she is a very good way in because she is this blank slate where everything is happening for the first time, just like it is to the audience members. Mm -hmm. So it's good for that. But what you were saying about how we can see her get pulled into this world. Yeah. She has those voiceovers where you start seeing her gradually become that which she not hated because she didn't really hate them, but that become a mean girl. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I can appreciate just how easy that would be because all of a sudden your life is really easy everybody like pays attention to you and you're popular and you get to go to like all the cool parties and everything and I think I can see how that like shiny life being dangled in front of her it was really easy to be like yeah I'll just take that instead of remaining with um Janice and Damien and maybe having like a harder time in high school Did you see yourself in that? Because you were saying that you became more popular in high school and then got meaner. Weren't you like, oh, I'm Katie now? Or I'm looking at your eyes. Is it just dawning on you right now? Um, maybe a little bit. I don't know. I, I felt like I don't think I was ever at like the plastics level of cool. Right. Um, I definitely wanted that like easy life of popularity but I don't think I ever um like lost myself in it well that's like that there's one line she has about how people know about you Mm -hmm. and that's something that was so small but it articulates it so well that that's what I kind of loved about high school when I was like well I was a cool kid and then People knew who I was and I didn't know them. Mm -hmm. It feels kind of good. Yeah. Yeah, that's... It does feel good to, like, be known. Yeah. And just, like, go about your day and everybody knows you. And everybody... People are talking about you. Or, like, telling their friends, like, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. They do this. I feel like there's a very good chance, because that happens to me now all the time. It's probably just because I don't remember other people's names. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe it was because I was popular. One of those two. Definitely remember at graduation sitting as like everyone's getting their names called to walk across the stage and realizing that there was like a bunch of people that I had just like never seen before and did not know of. And I thought that I knew pretty much everybody in our graduating class. So I was like kind of shocked by that. And maybe I wasn't as like out there as I thought, I guess. But yeah, it's... um. 
definitely attractive that idea of popularity and just like everybody knowing how great you are. (laughs) So do you think that Katie is an innocent and then she is corrupted by being a part of that society where, where that sort of corruption is rampant? I think so. I think she, if she had never met the plastics or like never been accepted in and like invited for lunch, I think she would have had a fairly regular typical high school experience with her friends and probably would have done mathletes and like just kind of stuck to the status quo of being good at math and being best friends with the first people you meet in high school. And I think that um, she could have just been normal, but instead she had this extraordinary experience. What's interesting to me is did she get a taste of power and then was willing to do anything to keep it? Or is she learning from Regina what to do to keep that? I guess it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. But was she corrupted by them or just by power in general? I think she was... Is there a difference? <laughs> oh, I think she was definitely corrupted by like the power in general. And um, I don't think that she ever thought that she'd become queen bee until she did i think that wasn't well she didn't know of that concept (laughs) yeah exactly and i think so i think she went into it pretty blindly and kind of ended up on top and realized that she liked it and continued but i don't think that that was her like original goal and then my question is in this movie is it saying that power corrupts like the old power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely Is it that or is it everyone has this in them? And I, you know what, what do you think? I think everybody has it in them. Is the movie saying that everyone here is a mean girl? At heart or like given the opportunity? Don't even put a qualifier on it. Is everybody, is every girl in this movie a mean girl? I think so. Does the movie know that? I don't know. Because I don't think... The audience as a whole knows that. Right. I think the movie kind of reveals to us through Katie that all of the cliques at the school have some sort of hierarchy and infighting and problems, not just like the top clique. Um, And she was surprised to kind of learn that like everybody kind of has the same problems wherever they fall kind of on the food chain. Tina Fey wrote this, but it's kind of based on a anthropological study, right? Yes. Like the book was called, you probably know. Uh, Queen Bees and Wannabes. So that is, of course, about uh, the sociopolitics of high school. Yes. And it is written as a by an anthropologist who is studying it in, in a very scientific way. Yes. And, and of it, course, it's like pop anthropology, sure. But it yeah. is uh, it has that core to it. And then Tina Fey interprets those characters. And I think it's because these are not, not exactly archetypes, but characters that we're all familiar with in Mm -hmm. some way. If you're growing up in, in not Africa, apparently, (laughs) where none of this happens, even though she said she had friends there too. So, but never mind. we're not getting to that. Uh, Because of that, I think 
you can find something relatable in this movie. Absolutely. And like Amy Poehler's character, where we've all met that mom who's desperately trying to be cool. I feel like at one point or another, most people have met a Regina George or a Gretchen Wieners or a Katie. And you kind of get that kind of related to your own life. And I think that's why a lot of people relate to it. I do remember a pretty popular girl just being real mean to me once in high school. And I was just like, why? Why would she do that? And I wasn't even like hurt that someone was being mean to me. I was just so confused. Yeah. Was like, Why would you go out of your way to do that? Yeah. And then uh, she went to university with me and I was um, active at university and people knew me a lot and her not so much. And then she came up and was like trying to be nice to me and like trying to get me to take her places and I was like why you're very mean you are a very mean person and that idea maybe I was a bit of a Katie I just kind of didn't know because I just go around and I was in different groups Uh and I was just like yeah I'll just be nice to people who are nice to me and I didn't really think enough about it you didn't have the political structure no being free from it was pretty nice I had a a pretty nice time in high school I thought it was a lot of fun (laughs) (laughs) high school was a lot of fun um yeah, and I think I definitely experienced that hierarchical, 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 hierarchical uh, kind of popularity structure in junior high and then um, was like determined not to be like that in high school. Wow, that's so interesting. So I think that gets down to the core of why this movie is so popular, because Everyone's like, yeah, I went through that. Yeah, hmm. at some point. And maybe that is part of the failing on me because I I didn't really. Like there were bullies and there were cool of kids course. and there were nerds. But like, I don't know. I kind of was just okay. Yeah, I feel like if you talk to most, I'm just going to say women because obviously I fell into that group. Um, I think at some point in their 12 years of schooling or even in college, they felt the like burden of that structure and the popularity and either being in it or not being in it. And I think that's part of the reason why I relate to this. Mm-hmm. I may not like agree with everything that happens in it or um, like how some things were dealt with, but I think I relate to it just because I lived through it. And I think a lot of people lived through that feeling. So do you think this is just a harder movie for a, a male in general to really latch on to? I think so. Because I always like to say that, like, oh, great movies transcend all of that. But there's something that mm-hmm. if you haven't had that experience, it's not going to touch you in the same way, right? So yeah. even if this is a very well-written and well-acted and everything, there's going to be something that I perhaps just can't feel because I didn't experience it. Yeah. I think it comes down to that line at the beginning of the movie when her parents are like, how was your day? And she's like, fine. She's like, were people nice? She's like, no. Yeah. Did you make any friends? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's kind of the feeling of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's very much a feeling that I've felt. The idea of having a friend who is not nice to you. Yeah. And may not be like that idea of a best, best, best friend, but you gain something by being in their stratosphere so then is that selfish on katie's behalf oh but she wasn't going into it to be their friends in the first place but she quickly 
is doing it to be popular. I think it's selfish in a way that a teenage girl is selfish. I think, like I said earlier, like it's that path of least resistance. Yeah. And I think that Regina George floats through life in a way that a lot of people can only like dream of. Everyone wants that ease that she has. And she gets the hottest boyfriends and she goes to all the parties and she's talked about and admired and people are making up these like far flung rumors about her like she was in a a Japanese car commercial or something. I can't exactly that, remember that what, is it what it is. Yeah. But yeah, so like it's just this admiration and this easiness. And I think that that's something that Katie maybe doesn't realize she wants at the beginning of the movie, but eventually is like, oh yeah, well, I'm not going to go back and be one of the art freaks. Mm-hmm. I want this because it's better. It's funny how this movie is talked about so much in relation to high school, but it's never like extrapolated to the point of adults who crave fame. Mm-hmm. It's the the exact same thing, right? Yeah, exactly. And I've experienced this in offices that I've worked in. Like it, it doesn't end in high school. What? Yeah, oh yeah. Cheer teams I've been on. Like I, the cool kid in the office? Yeah, absolutely. Huh. I, I, like this structure permeates everyday life. Right. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And I think the idea, like it may be less obvious when you're an adult, um, but it's definitely still there. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Why do you think Regina invites Katie in? I think she's like a shiny new toy. Do you remember in school when like, a foreign exchange student would come and you'd want to be their friend just to like have the foreign exchange student in your friend group? No. Oh, maybe that was like a... I, I, we've talked about this before and yeah. you say, oh, you know, when there's a new kid and you try to claim them? And yeah. I was like, no. Yeah. I, um, I think as we're realizing, probably much to my benefit, I just kind of didn't pay attention to stuff like that. I would just be like nice to people and then be, they'd be nice to me and I'd have a nice time, yeah. which is kind of what I try to do now too. Yeah. And I, I kind of get what you're saying about being like at work or wherever, because there's occasions where people will talk um, in like other social situations that I'm just like, I didn't know any of that. I'm, I'm just having a good time over here. <laughs> well, it's like um, friend of the show former guest of the show, Kim, I got hired when we met. um, I got hired over one of her friends who had already worked in the office. And she said to somebody, "Um, we hate her now. Like this new girl, which was me. Like we're we're not going to be friends with her. Kim, why are you being a dick? (laughs) She told me this like years later and I'm like cool with it. The person that they wanted didn't get hired. And so they were like, we're just going to shun her. That's so fucked up. Little did she know I'd worm my way and into be her, her heart. Best friend. Wow. <laughs> and then we'd be in each other's Kim, wedding. I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> Sorry, Kim, for outing you on the podcast. But wow. it's just like an example of that happening with adult women and the kinds of things that happen. Wow. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Brutal. <laughs> you have to be very aware of your surroundings. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, we were uh, talking about um, why... Regina invited Katie in. Mm-hmm. And you're just saying, like, that's the thing. Like, you claim someone. Yeah. Because they're like new. the and shiny cool. new toy. I think she sees Katie as a potential threat. Mm-hmm. Because in her world, 
physical attractiveness is the first key, yeah. right? Uh, there's all this other stuff that goes with it, but that is the that is number one. And she sees Katie come in, who is physically attractive. And if Katie were just left to do what she wanted, she would gain the attention of of other people. Yeah, other people are going to start noticing her. Maybe looking up to her. Maybe uh, the boys also are going to go after mm-hmm. her, and that would threaten Regina's status, and maybe like even delegitimize the plastics right yeah. that could corrupt their whole uh th- their economy would crumble yeah i can i can definitely see that and i think i agree with that idea of um keeping your like enemies close you want to control that piece on the chessboard i'm speaking a lot of metaphors <laughs> i have the words machiavellian machinations written down in my notes oh there you go <laughs> but i was about to say it and i was like i am not saying that i'm already too pretentious i don't need it. <laughs> okay so i guess we kind of had to talk about it a little i'll be done in a minute i swear <laughs> so okay. where do her parents live where did she grow up did she like move every week That's why she says Africa, because she goes to a different country every week? Well, they were research zoologists, so Mm -hmm. I assume that they moved around to study different animals? It's not that she didn't live there long enough to have friends. Yeah. Because she talks about missing her friends back in Africa. Uh Uh-huh. So I... It seems to me that she lived in one place, never bothered to learn the name of it, though. Yeah. Uh, only two African people are portrayed in the movie. One of them is carrying a spear. Yeah. That's pretty rough. Yeah, that is pretty rough. Um, she goes up to the group of, what do they call them? The angry, haughty black people or something? Angry black hotties. Sure. Um, and she says, Jumbo. And then they all look at her. She knows what country she is in. Yes. She does not assume that these people are all of the tribe. Or why would they speak that specific language? True. There's like almost 2,000 languages in Africa. And she's like, yeah, they're black. They know what I'm saying. Yeah. And that they all just came from Africa. Yeah. Like even if your parents or your grandparents came from Africa and moved to the U.S., um, there's no way that they would still know common greetings like that. And why would it be that one? Like, or I don't just go to a, a random person and start speaking to them in German. Be like, oh, you're white. Why don't you speak German? <laughs> that wouldn't make any sense. Why does yeah. it make sense here? Especially from someone who grew up in Africa, as we are told many, many times. Mm-hmm. And... You know, what made me most angry about that, because I always go like, Africa's not a country, everybody, and they always use it like that. What made me most upset is like, Tina Fey, you know better. True. What are you doing? No, that's true. You are smarter than that. And that is a poor choice by her. No, I agree. There were some things like that that just didn't work for me. On the positive side, we have a gay character who is not the butt of jokes or made fun of because he's gay, mm-hmm. which is rare in a high school movie like this. Yeah, there's one joke made at his expense right at the beginning. Like, oh, he's almost too gay to function. And that was uh, said Lovingly. with love. Yeah. And best even friend, then best when friend. she um, r- repeats it, she says, oh, maybe it wasn't okay for me to say that. It was only okay when Janice says it. Yes. And, and then that's so, reiterated. Yeah. And they're aware of that. So that seems like they know what's going on. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think you could say the same for Asian characters. No. Ooh, that was rough, too. 
like the whole part of them having sex with the gym teacher and it's just kind of like a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, so, and then them, the Asians, the yes. cool Asians. Cool Asians, called. yes. Uh, they speak Vietnamese, but their names are half Vietnamese, half Korean. Yeah. Because I think she just didn't know. She just picked random sounds. Mm-hmm. It's like if I had a, like, oh, this is my white friend. His name's Seamus Martinez. Like, no, that's not no. how that works. <laughs> it's not hard to look up an actual name. True. And then they're weirdly sexualized. And they, I think they don't speak English ever. Do they speak English? Uh-huh. Not much if it is in there. Yeah, not much. I don't know that we ever hear them really speaking English. Yeah, that's not cool either. And it's not like, oh, it was 2004. It was 2004. Yeah. It's not like you get some of those portrayals in 80s movies and Mm -hmm. it's hard to watch now. But this is 2004 in a movie about bullying and acceptance. Mm -hmm. And that's not a place for something like that. No. It was rough. Definitely something that they should have caught before production. I'm sure the actors were Vietnamese because they were speaking Vietnamese. Uh You could just ask them like, hey, is that a name? Yeah. And they could just be like, no, it's not. I'm sure there was someone on the staff who knows different Asian cultures and can say like, hey, that's not a name that anyone would have. Yeah. Um, Or if you're writing it, just look it up. Just Google it. Just go to Facebook, pull a random name. Yeah. It's easy. Um, I, yeah, I definitely think that's disappointing because Tina Fey should know better. Like you said, she should know better. She's smarter. <laughs> yeah. But I guess this kind of leads into my, not even problem with the movie, my questions about the movie. Are we supposed to like Janice and Damien? Do you like Janice and Damien? I don't know that I'd enjoy being friends with Janice and Damien. Does this movie say, like, these are the cool friends that always have your back, and they're not those fake plastics, these are the real ones? Yeah. That's weird, Mm -hmm. I think. Because I think they're assholes. (laughs) Am I off on that? I feel like that's high school kids. Okay. Like, I feel like maybe it's like a magnified version of that, but I feel like I knew those kids in high school. True. I'm not saying that this is an unrealistic portrayal. In fact, I would say that Lizzie Kaplan's Janice... Mm -hmm is maybe the character that most I be like, I know her. Mm -hmm. I know that person. I know five of that person. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's unrealistic or poorly acted. Oh, we never even talked about Lizzie Kaplan. I love Lizzie Kaplan. (laughs) And I didn't know who she was back in 2005 or whatever when I watched this. So now watching it, it took me like 10 minutes before I was like, holy shit, that's That's Lizzie Lizzie Kaplan. Kaplan. She never looks like that in the things I've seen. No, her hair is very different. She usually looks quite a bit different, especially Mm -hmm. in her party down days. Right. Like that, those are two different people in my brain. Yeah. And it is funny because like, I don't think I ever fully made the connection that that was Lizzie Kaplan in Mean Girls. Mm -hmm. But I um, am now like, man, she's great. She is. She's (laughs) fantastic. versatile. Yeah. Because she is playing 
a very um like true to life I think person and I definitely had a friend in high school who was Janice yes me too yeah like almost down to the hair yeah. <laughs> just thinking about oh, it oh I know that I haircut just, like, I know that eye makeup hair, yeah the like yeah against the establishment of like high school and yeah totally I totally had a friend like that mm-hmm. yeah and the outfits and safety pins and like okay it's just like everything is just like yeah she was spot on yeah More so maybe than anyone, to me at least. Uh, One character who doesn't really get much is uh, whatever the love interest is. What's his name? Aaron Samuels. Aaron Samuels. He's just there. there. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I feel like if he had been anywhere in the movie, they would have had to give him a better storyline. And I think that that's not really what the movie was about. Yeah, on one hand, I want to say like, you gave this character nothing. He's a, an empty shell and could be anyone. And I think that's the point. How so? I think that at this age, if you have the cool boyfriend or like you're dating a senior or like you are able to get who's known as like the hottest guy in school, that gives you a certain amount of cachet. I don't think it really matters who they are. So then doesn't that undercut the movie and it's a uh, like resolution of Katie being like learning her lesson. If we're saying that like, Oh, it doesn't matter who she's dating. It could be anyone. And it's just for being popular. It does. It totally does. Okay. That's not where I thought that was going. <laughs> Sorry. I, I was going to say it's a uh, one th- on one hand, I don't want this empty character, but on the other hand, I don't want this movie to be about her relationship with a guy. So mm-hmm. if he kind of gets forgotten in the mix of all these other characters and you're willing to forgive it, mm-hmm. but then you uh, kind of proved that it makes the movie flawed. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. I never said this movie wasn't flawed. <laughs> no, true. But I thought that I might point that out before you got there, but... Yeah. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Overall, though, this movie, I think, is a is a satire, uh-huh. right? And in case you are someone who forgets that this movie is a satire and you think that Regina is, like, cool and everything, you have those um, much more straight-up parts of, like, the little sister watching the Girls Gone Wild video, mm-hmm. right? It's showing you that this is a satire. This is over the top. These are not things to be emulated. No. And then I think if people are emulating that stuff, that's on them mm-hmm. misunderstanding the movie. If you think Regina George is the coolest, you missed the point by by a lot. Yeah. But then it is a satire, but I feel like it often drifts into the territory itself of becoming that which it satirizes. And the movie itself seems like it's making fun of people sometimes, mm-hmm. not the characters in it. Like there are jokes about people who are like overweight or other things. There's... The movie makes fun of people sometimes, not people in it. Sometimes the movie does. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, undercuts it quite a bit to me. And you read Tina Fey's biography, so maybe this comes up there, but from things I've heard of her in like interviews, and there's a whole episode on uh, 30 Rock about this, that she wasn't exactly a mean girl, but she used insults as a defense mechanism, Mm -hmm. which understandable uh, especially when you're a teen and they're talking about the idea of someone who feels like they were the loser they were the outcast but other people saw them as a bully Mm -hmm. 
And I wish that had been addressed here because Janice is so mean to everyone, but she's allowed to play it off as that she is the victim and her cruelty is never really addressed. Or or is it and I missed it? No, I don't really think it's addressed. Because I was thinking about this a lot, like late at night the other night. And um, uh, luckily, I have a platform where I can pontificate on <laughs> our culture's relationship with Bean Girls, uh-huh. um, which most people don't get to have. So I might as well take advantage of it. Lizzie Kaplan's character is also a Mean Girl. Yes. We both see that. Yeah. I don't think most people see that. Mm. And I'm not sure the movie sees that. Because she's very cruel to people she doesn't know in a similar way to Regina. But she is righteous about her meanness. Like she says that she is doing it for good, right? Mm -hmm. But she's mean to other people too. It's not just Regina who has wronged her and is mean herself. Yeah. And um, Damien once, when someone says like, hey, what are you doing in the bathroom? He calls her Danny DeVito and chases her. Yeah. That's like a funny throwaway joke, but that is incredibly mean. Yeah. That's as mean as what the mean people are doing. Mm-hmm. They are meaner than everyone outside of Regina and Katie, I would say. Right. right. Like the other plastics don't don't have this cruelty to them. True. True. And is this a failure in the writing that they think it's okay? Is this a failure in audiences for not understanding that they are maybe this movie is just saying this cruelness is everywhere, mm-hmm. which I think it is saying. Because I think they're saying that because in my it is and and in uh, what maybe is my favorite scene in the like put up your hand if mm-hmm. and everyone puts up their hand. That's right? such a good scene. Yeah, that's the point of the movie. I would say mm-hmm. right that sequence. That this is everywhere and everyone is doing it and everyone is a victim of it. Mm -hmm. And that scene is great. But then what happens to Janice in that? She doesn't undergo a transformation like the others. No. She gets carried out as a hero. Yeah. And never apologizes. I would say never learns a lesson. So that makes me think the movie doesn't think she's mean. And that I'm misunderstanding it by saying that she is also mean because she does mean things. Does Mm -hmm. the movie miss it? I think this goes back to the idea that everybody has mean in them and are able or like are mean to a certain point. I think Janice is an example of someone like you explained how Tina Fey saw herself of her being kind of a loser, but having that need for vengeance because she was treated so badly and finally seeing a way to like, I guess, get it. I like that. And that's where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. But the fact that she's carried out like a hero Mm -hmm. and is never addressed her cruelty. Mm -hmm. That makes me think that the movie itself missed it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think it's also partially that a lot of these lessons are going over these teenage girls' heads. Like, they're not going to be able to say, like, no, bullying's wrong and we're never doing it again. Because I think... The teenage girls, you mean in the movie? In the movie. Okay. Yeah. And I think that um, it's a kind of like... 
the best that the administration can hope for is that like some semblance of peace has been restored and people aren't like all out brawling in the hallways, but that they're able to kind of restore a sense of peace back into the school. So I get that on a practical level if it was at a school. Yeah. This is a movie. Yeah. Where a big part of it is people learning their lessons. Uh Uh-huh. And not everyone does. And like I was saying before, uh, I thought this movie is similar to American Psycho in a very interesting way. Like (laughs) I look at both of those movies as over-the-top satires about how terribly people can behave. But a lot of people look at them and be like, oh yeah, there's some cool stuff in there though. Mm. And is that a failure on the audience or the filmmaker? Like I would say the audience, but maybe I'm misunderstanding something in thinking that it is so satirical because I often, you'll show me a movie and I'll ask you, is this a satire? (laughs) And you're like, no, why do you always think that? Because I have said that. (laughs) Yeah. And I I don't think that's the case with American Psycho. That's clearly a satire. And we'll, you know what, we'll do that movie on this podcast sometime soon. Um, So I don't think it's the case here. But with this movie, it seems unclear to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if that failing lays within myself or within the filmmakers. Like when this came out, people were unironically starting burn books. Mm -hmm. Right? Did you know anyone who did that? Um. I feel like I know people who talked about it. Mm. I don't know if it ever happened. So that, I'm willing to say, that's the fault of the audience. Yeah. But Lizzie Kaplan, not Lizzie Kaplan, uh, what's her character's name? Janice. Janice. But Janice not being clearly identifiable as a mean girl, I think might be a failing of the movie. Like, I think she should apologize. And I don't think that would detract from the flow of the movie. Mm-hmm. Right? That is a very small thing to put in. True. And it's bizarre to me that they didn't unless she is not meant to be one of those mean girls. Mm-hmm. But they say everyone is. Yeah. So it's just weird how the movie kind of undercuts itself that way it's making this great message in that scene with tina fey getting everyone to raise their hands and that's powerful Uh that is a great sequence but then they have people apologizing and saying i saw sorry i called you a gap-toothed bitch it's not your fault you're so gap-toothed and that's a funny joke yeah i laughed but it's undercutting the message of the movie Mm. i feel like they're often sacrificing the the heart, the intention of the script for some throwaway jokes. Mm-hmm. Or how this movie starts with um, our way in is this nice, uncorrupted, innocent Katie. And then she has those scenes uh, that you were talking about that you think is her joke about um, homeschool kids are hunting dinosaurs with guns for Jesus or whatever yeah. it is, right? So... If we believe that that is Katie saying that, then she's kind of a dick at the beginning. Hmm. Yeah. That's not nice either. Right? But just because we're on the same side of like, ha, 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 yeah, religious nuts, that we can make fun of it too. But she's all, the movie is starting with the thing that the movie tells us not to do. Mm -hmm. So it feels like it's undercutting that message so often. Or is that the thing that, yeah, she was mean to begin with, we all are? I think that's it. Do you think that sequence is 
set up to be that she was mean before she got there because i think everything else the she's from africa she doesn't know anything Mm -hmm. keeps telling us that she's a blank slate and she's innocent i think that's the movie getting in a laugh at the expense of character Hmm. i don't know like i i don't know i agree with the idea that everybody is mean Mm -hmm. to some point but i also like i also think the movie is better when when at the beginning she is that blank slate who has no like knowledge about how high school works yeah that's a a better script Mm -hmm. and i feel like they just did it for those two jokes because you said yourself like those were funny bits they were funny bits yeah i think that was more about the jokes and less about what you were saying but then there's that there's damien and janice never really learning a lesson there's the boyfriend forgiving her. I don't know if she did anything. Katie did anything to win him back. Mm-hmm. I don't recall that. Maybe I just missed that part. Do you recall anything there? I don't think that happens. So there's things like that that just undercut a, a great message. Mm-hmm. And that's a shame. Because it's still it's a good movie. But those are the things that are stopping me from being like, oh, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really have an opinion on that, I guess. I just think there are a few small things they could do to make that message hit home a lot more. And I think it's as simple as having Janice and Damien realize that they're not so perfect either. Yeah. They raise their hands, and that's the extent of it. And I think with characters that are that big a part of the movie, like with Regina, we get to see more in her, Mm -hmm. I guess, right? We definitely get to see it in Katie. We get to see it in Katie. We also get to see Regina kind of fall from grace and come back, I guess. I don't know that she learns a lot of lessons until the very end when she breaks her neck. But you do see some character kind of develop. She is a changed person at the end. Oh, at the end, yes. I would say so. At the end, yes. But I was just saying like when she's eating the Caltine bars and she realizes that she has to follow her own like arbitrary rules that she set for other people, not mm-hmm. for her. Um, she kind of gets a taste of how it feels to not be at the top. And she has that one line of these are the only things that fit yeah. where you you feel sad for her. You do. And you can see that, that was a great delivery. She's Karen and Gretchen's faces mm-hmm. as well that they're like, Oh, but this is the hill that they've chosen to like stand on and to stand firm in these rules that Regina herself made up. That was a sad moment, though. I think that was Rachel McAdams. Yeah. That's her name. I think that was her single best line uh, performance wise. There's mm-hmm. other funnier stuff. of course, oh, yeah, But yeah. that one that had more emotion in it than than Anything much of the movie. She really. says, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You don't see her be vulnerable at all. And when it's there, it it hit hard. Mm -hmm. It was a good performance. Yeah, absolutely. I liked the idea that Regina was so filled with anger that she joined the lacrosse team and that was like therapy for her. Yeah. Um, And that um, the jock girls weren't afraid of her. So there was no like issues there. When this came out, were you texting? Yes. It's 
This movie is oddly free of the internet. Yeah. I think I got my first cell phone that year, like in 2003, I think, in the fall of 2003. And I think they just weren't common as much. You only see like a few cell phone moments. In this movie? In this movie, yeah. I seem to remember in like 2000, they were around. Yeah, they were around, but I don't think kids had them as much. True. You'd think the plastics would, if anyone did. Oh, totally. And you do see them. Like, the plastics do have them. Oh, okay. They're just not, like, as attached to them as children are now, I guess. It's just, it came out at a very good point that I think helps it remain kind of timeless. Yeah. Because it's free seeing... of, like, oh, it's not all about Facebook. Or yeah. I guess in this case, it would be, like... MySpace. MySpace. It's not about MySpace bullying because that would set it so much in mm-hmm. a time. But this movie is still so much of a time. Yes. And it feels like that was kind of the birth of mean media coverage. That's Well, that's not true because you can go to the 40s and there's like snarky journalists there. But <laughs> it's, it's crazy that there's a generation of people who watched this movie about... Um, about mean girls, about yeah. general meanness, and then they loved it. And then when Lindsay Lohan, who they love, mm-hmm. is growing up and going her through her career, they mean girl her. Like, yeah, I don't have the same understanding about um, pop culture like you do, but it seems to me that the media just kind of mean girled her. Oh, totally, totally. Right? Yeah, and I think. That it was very sad. Um, I was still like a big Lindsay Lohan fan, even though she wasn't like doing movies and stuff. But I, I know that there were a lot of people who were like, oh, Lindsay Lohan is like, she's trash. She's like, only just goes out and gets drunk and parties. I know very little about celebrities' personal lives, uh-huh. but I'm sure she was a dick at some point or something. But mm-hmm. there's just so many people who love Mean Girls, who are just fans, not mm-hmm. even in the media, loved this movie and then just reveled in her failure. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, don't you do, you... do you see? Yeah. Do you see what you're doing here? Yeah. And I think part of it is just because it was everywhere, the coverage and the meanness. And I feel like that's the only information that was available. And so people found it easier to just be like, oh, yeah, this is the truth, which is why like tabloid media and that kind of thing is so popular because people don't have to do their own research. Laziness. (laughs) Well, I read Wikipedia, so I don't have to do my own research. So I don't think it's just the the laziness. I Mm -hmm. think it's perhaps that inherent meanness that uh, the movie was talking about. Yeah. People are jerks, man. People are jerks. And then they watch a movie about how you shouldn't be a jerk and then they be a jerk even more. Yeah fucked up it is well that seems like a good place as any <laughs> to end did we talk about this movie we did at we some did. point right yeah you go glenn coco yeah of the uh lines that frequently get said without reason that's one of my favorites I that's think. one of your favorites yeah i thought that was funny what's weird to me is that people are like the limit does not exist mm-hmm. that's not a catchphrase no why I don't understand how that got to be a popular one-liner that people just say, and it's like, what are you talking about? It's for Mean Girls. Like, yeah, I know it's for Mean Girls, yeah, but means... how is it applicable to yeah. anything? It's no, you go, Glenn Coco. No. that's great. Um, I also like 
here a lot. Um, she doesn't even go here. That's good too. Yeah, that was a good one. That's I think just the delivery. Yeah. Um, also, the Gretchen delivering um, "You Can't Sit with Us" is um, just great because she's clearly about to snap. Oh, like the exasperated. Yeah. Yeah. Like the high pitchedness of it and how she's like, nope, got to stick to my guns. You can't sit with us. And, um, and how I, it's kind of hurting her. Yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. But she's angry enough. Yeah, she's angry. She's tired of being pushed around. Mm-hmm. Katie's made it inherently clear that Gretchen's life is not her own. Um, and I, I really enjoyed the delivery of that line. And that is one that you hear quite a bit. And then you get these like positivity influencers who sell shirts that say, you can sit with us. Oh, boo. (laughs) You whore. Whore? (laughs) I I couldn't say it. I couldn't say it. But yeah, I I think there are some great quotes from this movie. Um, Maybe they're being overused. And I think... Oh, they definitely they're are. They're definitely being overused. Except for you go Glen Coco. You go Glen Coco. In a Santa Claus voice. In a Santa Claus Yeah, You, you go have... Glen Coco. Yeah. And Damien does such a good Santa. <laughs> None for you, Christian Lears. Yeah. That's funny. That yeah. bit was the funniest kid stuff. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, there are moments in this movie that I absolutely loved. Did Tim Meadows get handsome? He's like shirtless in this. And it's like, also, I think he's a handsome guy. Yeah, he's handsome. Did that happen? I don't know what he looked like before this. I think he always looked exactly the same, but I just, I don't know. Yeah. I never thought of him as a handsome guy. Do you think he and Tina Fey get together? It kind of seemed that way. It kind of seemed like that at the end when they're slow dancing. I don't think it'll last, but I think something's going to happen there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, are you ready to watch Mean Girls 2 next week? No. (laughs) That looks brutal. Yeah. I, I don't think I've actually seen it. You said you were going to put in clips of uh, the musical. Oh, I totally forgot about that. That's all right. I wasn't that interested. <laughs> okay, in <it>. great. <laughs> I also don't want you to pontificate about how bad it is. <laughs> well, it's just that you got me to watch that Heather's musical. Mm-hmm. That fucking sucked. <laughs> I hated it. And I love Heather's. And maybe that's part of the reason why I disliked it so much. Because mm-hmm. it was no Heather's. True. And I just uh, kind of am sick of remakes and reboots and intellectual property. And like now we need to make the same thing six times. Mm-hmm. Just just give me something new. Okay. Make a, a new musical about Mean Girls. It doesn't have to be Mean Girls. Sure. And then people will like it so much it'll get remade into a serious movie and then an anime and then a musical anime and then a stage production and so forth forever. Mm-hmm. So we only like one idea at a time. Ever. Next week, we're going to be watching um, some part of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> part 57. We're watching Captain America Civil War. <laughs> Phase 9, part 38. The musical. <laughs> Isn't there a musical? I'm sure. There was I... a Spider-Man one on Broadway, but then someone died. So they could oh, stopped. I remember that. Yeah. I shouldn't laugh. Someone died. But... Um, at Disney, I think there is a Captain America musical. Of course. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Why not? We only have so many ideas. It's not like we someone can just write a new one. No, there's no new ideas. Give me money. I'll write you a new movie. Anyone. Anyone out there. Pay me money and I'll write you a movie. I have like six on the go. Yeah, you really do. He's always coming up with ideas. 
give him money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or give us money to do this podcast. On that note, if you want to sponsor this <laughs> podcast, let us know. We'll do it. We're very cheap. Yeah. If you have a movie you want us to cover, pay us. We'll do any movie. Yes. We are not above selling out. No. And we'll sell out for cheap. We'll happily sell out. Yeah. We would we, love to sell out. I'd love out. to sell out. It would be so great to sell out. Hey, Spotify, you want to make us an exclusive, but you're still going to put on Joe Rogan? All right. <laughs> give us If you give us that Joe Rogan money, I don't care. I want to make... I'll make a pro-vax podcast. Yeah, it's a nice balance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, we will see you next week. Uh, exclusive on Spotify. <laughs> exclusive everywhere. Podcasts are available. Um, and we will be having two school-themed spoiler-free things of the week. And then we will find out what Indy is bringing for the next week. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Is I think I got porkies? it. Is Porky's? No, that was yours. No, that was not mine. That was you never mine. You claimed that you're doing Porky's, so I can't do it until, you know. But I'm, I'm excited for when you do choose to cover your third favorite movie, Porky's. No, I have never seen Porky's. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Nor do I know what See Porky's next is. Week. Sam loves Porky's. It's the favorite movie ever. It's not my favorite movie. Bye. <laughs> it's my favorite movie. It's me, Samantha. I love Porky's. Bye, everybody. That's I'm not... a little southern now. <laughs> Where did I move? I, I can do a good Sam impression, but I don't have it right now. You do it really good at bedtime when you talk to Google. <laughs> I can convince the Google yeah. that I'm you. But um, let's leave. <laughs> okay, this is let's go. Bye. Bye.